Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. It's going to be a massive spoiler. I'll tell you yes. why. Damn. Fake beans. <laughs> <laughs> them, them inescapable Texas fake beans. That's not... T- no, that's actually true. It ends in a chili cook-off. Tri-tip. John it's all tri-tip. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Um, all right. Are we ready to start? Welcome to uh, the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hi. All right, we got chili cook-off, Henry Zabrowski. Just know that if you are if the if the end of the world is coming and you happen to be in a trailer hosted by somebody that used to fake fuck Roseanne, oh. at the very end when you when you finally get out of that situation, whatever it may be, tense or otherwise, you mm-hmm. are leaving that to go get some fine fine Houston barbecue. What happened to the other Darlene, John Goodman? No, uh, oh, she was consumed. That's right. <laughs> the other Darlene was chopped up and consumed by that family because that's what nobody nobody got to the end of Roseanne uh. and the end of the 12th season however many seasons it is they have turns out they are a bunch of delusional cannibals <laughs> that makes sense but she's so funny with her little chicken in the egg shirt I like it I did not remember that you don't remember <laughs> is the she egg? the lesbian all right. So <laughs> Which one was the lesbian? What? Not Roseanne. You're thinking of Rosie O'Donnell. No, no, no. Rosie O'Donnell. When I get mixed up with Rosie O'Donnell, normally I'm concerned. It's a it's a, a hippo with a bunch of gasoline on top of it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're talking about Roswell. 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 to part two. This is going to get intense. It's going to get super intense. My brain is full. Yeah. I uh, have be- literally <laughs> been doing nothing but wall-to-wall Roswell research to the point where I'm back to being confused. <laughs> I was bo- certain yeah. it was aliens, and then it had to be the Russians, and now I'm back to aliens. Mm-hmm. Well, is it possible the aliens are Russians? Shh. Get out of my head! Get out of my head! (laughs) Let's go over a real quick timeline uh, before we continue with the story. Can there be, like, timeline music? Uh, (laughs) July 3rd, 1947. Mac Brazell finds a peculiar crash debris on the Foster Ranch. July 5th, 1947. Mac Brazel hears of a $3,000 reward for the debris of a flying saucer. July 6th, Major Jesse 
Marcel comes out to the MacBrazel Ranch and inspects the wreckage, then sends some to Washington, D.C. Streerious. July 8th, 1947. Information about a UFO crash is put on the AP wire and is picked up by multiple newspapers across the nation. Multiple newspapers, U.S. people, magazine, entertainment, weekly. July 9th, 1947. Mac Brazel officially retracts his story while wreckage is sent to Wright Airfield in Dayton, Ohio. Flip flopper alert! Flip flopper alert! (laughs) Hillary Clinton should be hearing that every day, shouldn't she, Ben Kissel? That's that's my political commentary for the day. Flip flopper. She's got a big old pussy. (laughs) That's brilliant. So we're in Dayton, Ohio, huh? The the documents got sent to Dayton. Well, the uh, debris was on its way to Dayton, Mm. Ohio. Now, whether balloon or not, a small amount of the debris was packed. Packed up into four brown paper wrapped packages and loaded into a B-29 by Major Jesse Marcel, who, of course, is the number one witness to Roswell. He was mm. ordered to supervise the transfer. Well, you know that Jesse Marcel did not actually himself put those on a plane. It was a janitor named Barney. Right. <laughs> I mean, they just wrapped it up like a leg of lamb. I mean, did they tie like it Like in the movie little... Scrooge when he yeah. shows up with his, his dad and the flashback shows up with him being like, hey, that's, that's $100 worth of V. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it looked. So they have no respect for the de- uh, for the debris. They don't think this is even going to be a story. Well, in 1947, that's just how you transported everything. You just wrap it up in a brown pad. They didn't know really what it was. They knew yeah. that it was important. But on the other hand, you also don't want to draw a lot of attention to it. If because all their fathers were butchers. <laughs> that was the only job that they could have gotten. So much butcher paper everywhere. Mm. Everybody had the roll in their house. Right. Um, but if you listen to uh, Chuck Wade... This is a part of the uh, the idea that the military was aware that UFOs were around. So who is Chuck Wade? Chuck Wade is the man that was the uh, grandson of the man who owned the bar that uh, Brazel went to when he first discovered debris and got hammered in, and when he found out that it was worth three thousand dollars. Right. Um, mm. That that man has built a whole life on retelling the Roswell story from the perspective of a bar inhabiting yokel. <laughs> He's built a whole life on a this. A whole life. You'd be surprised life. how many people have built entire careers off of this story. Ten. Right. <laughs> Ten people. I'm not surprised. Um, but his belief is that the U.S. government was aware of the UFOs and was using radars as offensive weapons in order to take them down. The Roswell Air Force Base was one of the people that was the on the network of, of radar stations that were being used to take down the UFOs, but a lot of the people at the base were on a need-to-know basis, and Jesse Marcel did not need to know that information. Did Chuck Wade need to know? He, uh, he didn't need to know, but he had to know. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, I like that. Now, the original destination of this B-29 flight, loaded up with debris, was Wright Field in Dayton, Ohio. Now, at the time, Wright Field was the location, and this is true, it was the location of the Foreign Technology Division, who had throughout World War II been in charge of reverse engineering capture technology. So if it was going to go any place, it would go to Wright Field. Exactly. Wright Field is by far the most logical place for alien technology to go to. This is a part of where the little tiny bits of data that you can kind of hang the truth hat on, mm-hmm. like little hooks, like it's a fun little apartment, and you have <laughs> hooks up where data goes on. Right. This is one of those hooks. Exactly. Where the idea is that... It, 
it's it just follows the logic. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Ohio got the Rock and Roll Hall of Flame, uh, Fame in Cleveland and then a bunch of junk from space. <laughs> Those are yeah. the two things in Ohio. Yes. Yeah, cool. Pretty much. And in fact, as far as this foreign technology goes, Philip J. Corso, an intelligence officer who worked for Army Research and Development, had quite a bit to say about what we recovered from Roswell and what we did with it in his book, The Day after Roswell. If you have not read The Day After Roswell and you like aliens, please read The Day After Roswell. It is, this is the 1950s sci-fi version of the story that we were talking about. Right. It's all in there and Philip J. Corso has painted himself as sort of like the hero of this story being like, I knew the truth and I knew that the aliens were there and we took toasters from the <laughs> alien UFOs. But if you look at Philip J. Corso, Philip J. Corso is a 97 pound Jewish <laughs> man that has become yeah. an action hero in his story. My favorite book is The Day Before Roswell. There's a whole chapter on how to make your day more exciting by calling fart cloud pants. <laughs> clouds for your pants. Just calling farts clouds for your pants. So, Corso claims that in 1961 he was given the official files on the material that we recovered from Roswell and was instructed to filter the technology from the military into the mainstream via industrial development. You fold it in like chocolate into a delicate mousse. <laughs> oh, yeah, now you're talking. Now, eventually, through reverse engineering, people like Corso were able to develop such modern technology as lasers, integrated circuitry, fiber opt optic networks, mm. accelerated particle beam devices, and even the Kevlar used in bulletproof vests. Tickle me, Elmo. Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> spinny hats that Herbie? little kids wear that we use with spinny cats when little kids like kids wear. Yes, you see them in the 19, pictures of the nineteen twenties. What that is is time travelers from the future, from the forties, going back into the twenties uh -huh. and putting them on kids' heads. Interesting, and also <laughs> condoms. <laughs> <laughs> You, you've never seen a skinny kid with a spinny hat because they'll just go right up. Yeah. You gotta be fat. Stay low. Pinion. That's right. <laughs> now let's get back to Jesse Marcel and the B-29 flight. Shortly before takeoff, the plane was diverted from right field to Fort Worth, Texas. And this is also because of tri-tip. Yeah. Correct? Also because of tri-tip because they just needed some of that sweet tri-tip action in Fort Worth. Tri-tip? The barbecue? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> a lot of food references to that. I'm oh, yeah. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had to head to Billy Bob's downtown. Mm. Beautiful barbecue. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Now, Marcel reported directly to General Roger M. Ramey as soon as they landed and gave him the boxes which Ramey placed on the desk of his office. No, nobody even considered the fact that these things could be highly radioactive. Right. No, it's like nobody I, even, right? Or I, No, they actually did bring out a Geiger counter on that very first trip uh, when uh, when Marcel loaded everything up into the trunk of his car and took it to show it to his to wife and to kids his child at 2 a.m. Uh, no, they did bring a Geiger counter out there, and they did find that it was not radioactive. It just feels like a Geiger counter. You're literally looking at an alien spacecraft. Mm -hmm. You just stick a Geiger counter at it and be like, seems all good. Right. <laughs> like, no clue what it is. You don't know what it is. It could be filled with seeds. <laughs> you don't know what kind of alien seeds it's on it. Or an alien could have coughed on it. And then all of a sudden, we got a super plague. 
Who I knows? But that's a part of the reason why they talk about why uh, the alien secret is, is kept so closely is because a lot of these aliens are literally covered in intergalactic microbes yeah. mm-hmm. that can potentially end the human race. Sure. I mean, if you travel overseas, you'll get sick immediately. So you could imagine an uh, extraterrestrial if being... If you just go what, into yeah. an Jeez, elevator with a man from Thailand, you're going to get sick. <laughs> that's right. And the man yeah. from Thailand won't be thrilled with you either. Because the problem is that they have different standards when it comes to coughing and sneezing. <laughs> no, it's just because they have different bugs and things like that that we're not immune to yet. They have old handkerchiefs. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a stereotype. No, Marcel, he comes into General Ramey's office. He hands Ramey the boxes. Ramey puts the boxes on his desks and said, hey, listen, let's go into this other room. I need you to show me on a map exactly where this crash happened. Marcel goes in. He says, all right, it's right here. It's uh, near Corona, out about 75 miles outside of Roswell. These are the direct coordinates. These are the direct coordinates. They come back to the office and Jesse Marcel finds that the four boxes were missing and they were replaced by a clean yet mangled radar kit of reflective foil, mm. wooden sticks, masking tape, and bailing twine with a little bit of rubber thrown in. In other words, all the makings of a weather balloon. And the only wow. thing Ramey could say afterwards was... Gotcha. <laughs> Presso Chango. What if they just went into the other room and it was just Ramey showing him one of those pens that you turn upside down where the women, go, the woman gets Ooh, naked on the yeah. side of it? Look at that. Whoa. Look wait, at wait. That. Look at that. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And then you, you, you turn it. Look at that. Booby. Whoa. <laughs> that used to be porn. That is porn. And yeah. then you go out and then every, every single every single bit of hard facts about UFOs is gone. <laughs> the rest of time gone. Oh. U- U.S. history has changed. Yeah. That's a, that, that chick's got boobies in the pen. Look at that. Uh, so that uh, UFO uh, material is going on. Could I get the pen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Marcel said that after he came back and uh, the material was missing and replaced with the weather balloon stuff, he's understandably confused, uh, but then he overheard Ramey giving orders over the telephone that the official story was going to be it was a weather balloon and that that story should be disseminated as far and as fast as humanly possible. Mm. And after the phone call, Marcel was then ordered by Ramey to pose with the material for a photographer, which would prove to the world that the story was nothing more than a big misunderstanding and Major Jesse Marcel is the man with the goofball smile. Now, this is the, the famous photo. The fa- in the famous right. Roswell photo, holding up... A, and this is what I think is very weird. This is a very weird thing about uh, the uh, the photo is that this weather balloon, this foil, supposedly crashed in the middle of the New Mexico desert, which is dusty and dirty, mm-hmm. and the foil is immaculately clean. Yeah, it should look a, like a lot lizard's face right. by the time it, you get to it. It's been sitting out, and it's like swirling winds, craggy rocks, lizard shit. <laughs> All the horse right. shit that's in the middle of a of New Mexico desert, and it's it's like brand new. It's like you just peeled it off a goddamn potato, mm-hmm. and they're 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 flaunting it. They're still flaunting a mistake. They still messed up. I'm going to take their their story as fact. Weather balloons are expensive. Heads should roll. Fire them all. You know what's interesting though is that they were. But we brought this up last week. They 
We're firing off two weather balloons a fucking day. Every day. Weather, well, I can make a weather balloon. <laughs> I do you could do? literally leave here. You get a parachute. Yeah. A pair of your old pants for when you were huge, right? <laughs> Sew up the leg holes, and yeah. you get a bunch of tin foil, and you strap it to a bunch of kite wire, and you throw it up in a goddamn sky. Well, then you, And you just ask him what the weather is up there? <laughs> well, how, does, how do you get the information back? And then yada, 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 harp, lasers, temperature <laughs> Oh, I gauges. see. Reflection. Bouncing. Oh, okay. You bounce the balloons. signals. What I got to feel bad is for all the children's parties in the area where all the balloons are being confiscated from children being like, that's evidence! It's evidence! That's right. <laughs> Lord. Now, after this famous photo, the story was killed the following day with the inspiring headline, It's it, a balloon. It's a balloon. It's a balloon. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Just, it's a balloon. And it also was the same, uh, that was the uh, same headline on the uh, the National Register for Mentally Handicapped People <laughs> that went out that week as well. It's a balloon. <laughs> But it was very. It was a celebratory. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's a balloon. Oh, that is exciting. <laughs> and the story stayed dead until 1978. 1947 to 1978. Wow. This was a non-story after it's a balloon. That is when Major Marcel was tracked down by our old friend, nuclear physicist and UFO researcher Stanton. Friedman, the most fearless pear-shaped man in existence. <laughs> oh, personal hero of mine as well. Now, the Roswell incident was published two years later, and the rest is history. Now, this is Stanton Friedman's stairway to heaven. Now, this was he has been cobbling together information about Roswell up until this point, left and right. This is before MJ-12 papers. This is him investigating the idea because you remember the brief history we've done about Stanton Friedman is that he was a nuclear physicist he had various uh, security clearances and had heard bits and pieces about UFO stuff and because he was a nerd he was right. into sci-fi as a kid and eventually like we are sort of doing with our lives he is turning his childhood predilections into a career absolutely right. and right. destroying I think a couple of families in the process very much so but when it comes down <laughs> to the truth right. it's bigger every, than a wife every single one of his books right. in the foreword he thanks his family for putting up with him and apologizes profusely well if you've seen any one of his talks in entirety and if you have I will give you a $20 bill <laughs> right. uh, if you watch any one of those in entirely can you imagine spending a lifetime with the man you just gotta learn to love him yeah you gotta you learn know? to love him yeah and I actually when I uh, got our, these Roswell books at the International mm. UFO Museum and Research Center I of course bought a signed Stanton Friedman book and I asked the woman at the uh, gift counter, I was like, how do you know him? How is he? She's like, you know what? A lot of people think he's stodgy, but I think he's just the nicest fella in the world. <laughs> Isn't that I'm something? Like, wow, you fucked Stanton Friedman. Also, he, Why did you make the mental leap that she had sex with him? Well, I, I could think, see it in her eyes. She yeah, just said that she, he wasn't terrible. You could know, <laughs> you could know when someone's had sex with Stanton Friedman if their eyes can go wall-eyed independently. <laughs> right. You know, like, eat, eat. She did have a veiled insult in her compliment. <laughs> Both, though. I mean, it was something. No, it was a quote. Yeah, some people say he's stodgy because apparently, I guess in Roswell, Stanton has a a bit a, of a reputation. A bit of a reputation. I'm sure the, he does. He's a known quantity, hard-nosed <laughs> journalist. Also, <laughs> right. the owner of up to 150 yards of suspenders. Yes, and a hell of a YouTube channel. <laughs> now, and of course, after uh, the Roswell incident came out, after they had a newfound amount of fame, Bill Pope of the Roswell Chamber of Commerce simply said, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's a balloon. <laughs> that was all he said was just, 
I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> you know, this is refreshing, though. Everyone wants to be on camera now. Everyone wants to be a celebrity. I miss the old school Americans who People just needed like, yeah. attention. Absolutely. You're just being like, I'm trying to do my job. I don't need I don't need to be on the Great American Bake Off. No, I don't. <laughs> Why can't we just have our muffins and enjoy them? And mine might be not be as good as yours, but that's okay. But this is actually very important to note. Like what, what you were saying is that we would not have any of the Roswell story if it wasn't for Jesse Marcel coming out in 1978. Mm-hmm. At this point... Well, who spoke first? Did Marcel speak first and then Friedman found him, right? No, Friedman found him... And made him talk. He's like, I will do anything to get you to speak, including (laughs) these new raspberry croissants I made. (laughs) He's like, well, you know, I will literally say anything for patience. (laughs) I will Uh, too. But no, he goes... So so Jesse Marcel is the number one witness. He's the the, the zero point of the entire story. And a lot of the witnesses over the years have actually signed affidavits stating that they're telling the truth. I've seen the documents. There are many affidavits Whoa. also involved with Roswell. A they, lot. Because Stanton Friedman kind of, but the problem is, is that it's kind of like an IOU that you write to your friend being like, right. I owe you $25,000 for helping cover my DUI. Where it's just like, no, you can't just write on a piece of paper saying, I tell the truth. Right. Flip because it over and you see the IHOP menu that you wrote it on. But it's, it, but that's what Stanton Friedman had devised this way of being like, this is how we'll, we'll build a paper trail. It was very smart. Yeah. Right. It was a very smart move. Yeah. And some of those people are, they're actually like really high ranking, very well respected uh, members of the military. Unfortunately, uh, the main source, Jesse Marcel, is not a highly right. respected member of He's the military. He's a flawed man. <laughs> He's in, he knows how to create a more con- um, exciting conversation. He really does. He's a great storyteller. We'll say that about Jesse Marcel. But it's important to remember that uh, the Roswell incident, as we've said, it wasn't even spoken of in public for over 30 years. Years. People bought the story. Right. Also, looking at America at the time was a much more serious place, I believe. I believe, like, after the 1950s, when we were coming off of World War II, we were a very industrial nation. There were a lot of stuff coming. So was, and everybody kind of trusted the government. But things yeah. persisted. People like Stan Friedman was like, this smells fishy. And then you just go and you pressure an old man into saying something that I, I also had heard that he was very sick at the time. Yeah. Well, he didn't pressure him that much. Yeah. Jesse yeah. Marcel was a lot. Liked to talk. He wanted to talk. And the biggest problem with Marcel is that it's very easy to bring the veracity of his statements into question because Marcel had a penchant for exaggeration. He was such an exaggerator and such a half-truth teller that that tendency was even listed in his military file. Well, <laughs> all I know is I already had a seven-foot dick. Yeah, he told me. Seven-foot dick. Wow. I heard that he actually had a size 17-foot, but he fill, he full Folded them back <laughs> so we wouldn't have to buy more expensive shoes. I heard that too. Mm. Yeah, but it also must be said that that report that said that he had a tendency to exaggerate was written into his file after the Roswell incident. So researchers say, and, and that's and this is uh, this is the funny thing about Roswell, and also I think about a lot of researchers is that the uh, the skeptics. And the believers will often use the exact same evidence, but for completely different reasons. But it's tone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's tone because, for example, researchers say that his pet that. 
you know, the exaggeration comment was a plant to discredit him, while skeptics say that they put it in there because Jesse Marcel exaggerated a weather balloon into a flying saucer. I'm mm. confused already. We <laughs> right. see again where we're going to see time and time and time and time again with the Roswell incident, and because it's point zero of all <laughs> UFO thought, like it's all major UFO stories from now have sort of spread from Roswell, yeah. is the disinformation that is just ladled on top of this. Thing. Well, is it because everyone's just trying to get a piece of the pie so someone comes and talks to them about it, and even if they don't have anything to do with it, they just feel compelled to talk yes. to maybe get a little bit of money or exposure? Because in the people kind of naturally want to please people, right? right? Yeah. And so someone comes to get a randy UFO story, you want to give them a big hard boner of a UFO yeah. story. Yeah. But then things get involved things kind of shoot from there he still was an officer and so there's like a there's like a weird thing and he was also again he was the first person on the scene he was there with Brazil yeah. like he came and he was the first person to see what they saw and all of them was like even Brazil who's just like you know what we said last episode he had seen weather balloons right. they know what weather right. balloons were they would have they should have just said it was a weather balloon like now at that point the confusion started it in that moment when they mm-hmm. first saw the debris yeah and uh, skeptics say that that confusion is due to Jesse Marcel's penchant for exaggeration. So he's saying he's too much of a dreamer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> too creative. Yeah. But the other thing about Jesse's story, yes, it is creative. It His story tended to change quite a bit. Uh, and because of this, UFO researchers are able to cherry pick bits and pieces of Jesse's story to fit whatever narrative they need right. whenever their claims are debunked. They're allowed to change the story. And they feel perfectly comfortable doing so. For example, when Marcel originally told Stanton Friedman about flying the debris to Fort Worth, he claimed that he was the pilot, that he flew the material himself. But when debunkers looked into his military history, they found that he had never actually even been a pilot, despite him also claiming that he shot down five enemy aircraft during World War II. And what's but, funny is I did it with just yeah. my finger guns. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just like I was standing on the wing of the plane. You wouldn't believe it. Everyone said, Jesse, you're crazy. And I said, I'm crazy like a goddamn maroon. <laughs> well, that would make you crazy. A maroon is a type of weasel. I went out oh, onto I the see. wing of the plane and I was just pointing my fingers just because I knew I could. Right. Uh-huh. And I took well, down all of the Luftwaffe with just my <laughs> index fingers. Isn't that, that's a that's a uh, passenger airliner. Yes, innocent, innocent. I had commandeered a passenger airliner. I was going to Toledo to see my sister get married, and right. we, I got to say, we were all even surprised she was getting married because she was four hundred seventy-five no, pounds. But you hijacked well, got, the plane. Oh, I hijacked the plane, but I could because I told them I was a pilot. <laughs> Where were you on 9-11-2001? Oh, I was in the grave. <laughs> right. Yeah, he did. He died in the late seventies. Oh. <laughs> but you know when. Faced with uh, with these facts that you know he lied about being a pilot, he lied about being an ace in World War II. Researchers they just switched to a different version of it, in right. which Marcel was just a ride along supervising the transfer. And you'll see that if you look back to if you look at the Roswell incident compared with say like Witness to Roswell, in which a lot of the same people were involved, the story changes to fit whatever narrative. When the debunkers come in and say like, listen, this isn't true, researchers find a story that 
that makes sense, right. and then they change to that. Changes or matures. <laughs> right. That's what I say. Evolves, the, the, yeah. story, the story ripens mm. to what it's going to be. Yes, I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. full of shit in this story. Yeah, there's a lot. There's like, a lot of there's a lot of but, bull hockey going no, but on. But is, is there anything that he said that he has just stuck with the entire time that doesn't change? That Marcellus yes. said? Yes. Is there so, anything that we can the point material. to? Yeah, he, the material. He, he points to the material. Like, they all he say nev- the same it never story. Changed, it never changed the, the story of finding the material and like the actual... Uh, what the is nature, so the nature of it. it. So the, the nature things of the that material. change are his role in the events. Yeah. He puts himself as the, in the superhero role. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody does, though. Right. Every person in UFO research, they all do. They all come off as Hercules. Every right. one of them's the Spider Man of the story. Yeah. But e- the thi- except for Betty and Barney Hill, who are they, the, the victims. They were the, yeah, yeah, what was right. the Aunt May and the Uncle Ben <laughs> of the stories. And I don't even uh. just say Uncle Ben for Barney Hill because of the rice. <laughs> I'm just saying it because of his role. Roll. The roll, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's... Uh, he did die first. He did die first. <laughs> it was the most difficult interracial marriage in the history of time. Absolutely, there because not even just society... It's right. Even just society was hard on him. Yeah. You got aliens raping you? Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but uh, yes, everybody wants to be the, the main character of the little story. But yes, it, they all say the same stuff about the wreckage. Yeah. Everybody says the same thing about the featherweight okay. I-beams with the insignias put on it, the memory metal, uh, the weird, like, the super strong tinfoil-like shit. They all t- describe that in bodies. Well, bodies... Bodies came into effect because of Frank, Frank Frank Kaufman and the Nine, but right, right. And Marcel, he was all like, as far as other things that he lied about, he he started, he bragged to freedom that he uh, had a bachelor's degree in physics, that he studied at two different universities. Uh, but investigators found that he never attended one of the universities right. and didn't finish his degree at the other. And in fact, his military records state that when he was inducted into the army, he listed his education as none. I mean, uh, or high school, street smarts. Right, you're gonna lie. About it, give yourself a master's. He just, he, but he, he just went with the bachelor's degree. Yeah, he went with the bachelor's of physics. I don't want to go too crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, because if the master's at some point, someone would be like, oh, well, you know how to handle this. You have a master's in physics. And then he would have to be like, let me show let you my me. pen. <laughs> <laughs> I got this pen. Yeah, and when faced with these outright lies, these aren't even exaggerations, these are outright lies, researchers rationalize this by saying that military records are, quote unquote, notorious inaccurate. And that may well be, but it's a huge contradiction to, on one hand, say military records are notoriously inaccurate when it doesn't suit you while using those same types of records involving transfers and trips and telegrams as proof that something was going on. It's like Alex Jones saying the mass media is lying to us about Sandy Hook and Aurora Mm -hmm. and Boston and is complicit in the globalist takeover and then turning around and using a news story from CNN or NBC as proof that the globalist takeovers. Your source happen. material right, right. is from the globalist fucking uh, yeah. source. It's all, it's but all the same But that cognitive bullshit. dissonance, but it doesn't, it doesn't add up in their mind. But well, he is a, right that aluminum is making kids gay. <laughs> that is possible. It's a, a bit of a confirmation bias as yeah, well there, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, they, they, they're looking for what, they're finding what they want. They're looking right. for, but you know, for proof and they're finding it in the same places that they're finding uh, lies. But isn't that the nature of reality in general, dog meat? Yeah. That is that you seek out what you find and what you find then shapes your reality and then when your reality then becomes your own singular reality and then it becomes reality itself truth 
Boom. is <laughs> truth is boom truth is truth is, is boom, boom. <laughs> now ufo researchers claim that over the years they've gathered testimony from dozens even hundreds of eyewitnesses but the problem is that the vast majority of these witnesses are telling the story second or even third hand because this happened in 1947 the the youngest witness died in 2006 so you've got people mm. in roswell saying and say, well, you know, my grandpappy, he knew a feller that was that saw some trucks going knew. out there on that day. There was mm-hmm. a, a, I was listening to a Coast to Coast from 2011 with Don Schmidt, and he was saying the same thing. Where it's being like, it's just people just being like, my grandmother told me we went outside and I was flying a kite, and my grandmother was looking up at the sky, and she said that kite. It's kind of like a flying saucer. Ooh. And you know your grandpappy, he touched one once, and that's what made him gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was oh, like right? they're all their stories about like them going out in a field and grandmother staring at the sky being like, them little green men are out there. Yeah, it's, Which, all, it's a fun it's, story. Yeah, it's, it all, it's all perfect narratives. That's right. the problem is that all these people have perfect narratives where real life doesn't have a perfect narrative. And and out of all the witnesses, only seven of them claim to have actually seen the debris. And a couple of those seven, by the way, were children at the time. But what you they know, do remember is afterwards. But that, that's what's interesting, though, is that the memories all line up. For that stuff, with the debris, the memories line up. And the fact that these kids were literally threatened with death by government spooks is a thing that is very, it's interesting. I mean, but it's also, but you could also see that, like, there's things that when I from when I was a kid that I don't really know whether they're dreams or whether they're reality. You were molested. Right. I, he was, no, he was not molested. Was not, it was a goblin it was outside a pig of his... Go- is, it was, was the pig, pig goblin, goblin real? Was the pig goblin not real? It wasn't your uncle. It it's was not real. my uncle. What it's was real my... to you. Yeah. So then it becomes real to it, everyone. Yes, right. it is reality. The pig goblin of Lubbock, Texas exists. In no way... Let's make it clear. Was Marcus Parks molested? molested. Never once. Not one time. Close. A couple times. <laughs> well, now we're okay. All right. We don't want to. Sounds really like know. you were flirting with him. Yikes. <laughs> but out of uh like out of the the seven people that witnessed the debris, only five actually handled the material personally. And out of those five, there's at least one that maintains that there was nothing extraterrestrial about it. Like yeah, he yeah. says, like yes, there was material. You know, it was kind of weird, but it wasn't from outer space. Like I don't really know where it was from. But it, but he was his opinion is essentially it was weird, but not that weird. Okay. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, but then who, who's talking about it? You know what yeah. I mean? He goes home and he's suspended by hooks, and he's got his, his dogs <laughs> blowing him every night. Oh, and he's right. like, it was kind of weird, but you know, I've weird. seen weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> you ever turn yourself into a human lamp for a couple of days? That's what I do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I better go. All this mayonnaise on my balls is starting to curdle. <laughs> I don't even want to know how you turn yourself into a human lamp. Yeah, and there have been just as many military personnel to come forward throughout the years to refute the Roswell story as there have been personnel coming out in support of it. The problem is with Roswell, and this is the central problem with Roswell, just a bunch of he said, she said bullshit. He said, she said bullshit. I knew that was going to trigger Olympus. I'm sorry. Just itch for a little bit of that bubble. Just one of those No, he went into Sir Mix-a-Lot, by the way. What the hell is happening? And that's the thing is that both sides have 
Very compelling stories to tell, but both sides also have gigantic gaping holes in their story. And without any actual... Do you Big want- gaping holes. <laughs> All right, do not. <laughs> and without any actual physical evidence, there's no way that we're ever going to know the truth. But- would you say that you would side with the person who's, who's rationally describing this as somewhat odd? Because, I mean... They don't want. I, there's no benefit for them, right? They don't that's, want- a, that's the thing. Is that the, what do these people? The 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 secondary witnesses afterwards. The the family of the people that were witnessing right. it. The kids at the time. Right. The people that were like, it's just ruined their lives. It's the same thing. That is the the thing about alien either abductees or people who have been visited or people who've seen stuff. That, that's the problem with them coming forward is that it literally just ruins your life every yeah. single time they're connected to it. So there really is very little benefit unless you are a whore for attention. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so some of these people are, but it's, a lot of them are not. A lot of them are very simple people who got swept into the story and it's, it's horrible for them. Exactly. It's like so. So there's maybe there's something to it on that end. It's like they they obviously saw something that's making them say something to this bearded nerd who mm. woke them up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Satan Freedom just shows up at your house, being like, "Do you have any extra pennies? Because the pennies fell out of my loafers, and I just right. don't feel dressed." Yeah, you get the feeling they just wanted him to leave, <laughs> and they told him what he wanted to hear. But you know, if it wasn't a weather balloon. And it wasn't aliens. What could it possibly be, Marcus? Well, we got a couple of ideas. John Panette. (laughs) (laughs) You've been here for an hour. You get out. (laughs) John Panette. Love it. Rest in peace. Now, this first theory comes from Annie Jacobson's Jacobson's book, Area 51, An Uncensored History of America's Top Secret Military Base. Annie says that, yes, there was a craft. Yes, there were bodies. Yeah, yeah, and so what? Those bodies, not alien. What? Russians! Russians! They were the Russians the whole time. <laughs> My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins 
as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanadas already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. 
Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. But if they were just Russians, then why were they mistaken for aliens mm. by all of the witnesses? Well, this was by design. If, if you have a chance, read the last chapter of Area 51. This is it, what happened. I started researching this, the Russian angle, mm-hmm. and this this book kept popping up. I remember her being on the Colbert Report uh, in, in 2011, and she was talking about this theory that we're about to deeply go into, and it is, it's very interesting, and to me it's another layer of disinformation, but we'll talk deeply about that. Well, apparently, mm-hmm. Stalin's plan was to take a bunch of mentally challenged children. <laughs> like kids that were too uh, smart and so they needed to they needed to be challenged like it was like school was <laughs> yes, too easy yes, for that's them. That's right. Yes. No. This is the, this is advanced classes for the Russians. <laughs> oh. Oh. You would take these mentally challenged children, hideously deform them using Mangala style tactics, load them into an experimental aircraft Fly said aircraft over the border from Mexico, crash land them near a population, and when the deformed, retarded children crawled out of the wreckage, they would spark a War of the World-style panic. It's a balloon. <laughs> but that's a problem. They kept saying that when it came out of it. Right. It's a balloon. It's a balloon. Um... Unbelievable! <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> it, the, to it, me, it's the thing that makes the most sense. It has slowly eroded our education system. We're doing <laughs> terrible, uh, you know, against the Chinese and things like that. But so I think they might have won. Her theory is not that it's Mengele-style tactics. Her theory is that it was Mengele himself. Oh. And that the Russians <laughs> yeah, had... That. that wasn't in the last uh, chapter. No, the Russians mm. had hired him in between... the After World War II, he went into hiding. Yeah. Stalin kept him alive basically they caught him kept him alive just to make this experiment and this is a part of what they her her anonymous contact and the entire book all of the other contacts that talk to her about area 51 they they state their names they go on the record or they talk about the top secret programs that are happening in area 51 this man said spoke anonymously and he said that yes that stalin and mengala designed them literally drew them on paper right they created so- the modern gray together yeah. just because Stalin used to do this thing because Mengele used to do this thing back in the day where he would split open Jewish people's heads mm-hmm. and put extra skull in them just to see what they'd look like. Yeah, strange it turns out. <laughs> now, of course, the World War uh, the World War 1 style panic was just step 1. Step 2 would come when us Americans, admittedly an excitable people, clogged up the air traffic and radar systems with false reports of flying saucers leaving the entire country open to a Ruski air attack. It's even possible. Or actually, if you listen to Henry, it is probable that these deformed Mangala babies were the inspiration for the infamous gray alien appearance. Mm. All were about four feet tall, huge heads, abnormally shaped eyes, and were besieged by other quote-unquote anatomical conundrums. As Annie Jacobson put Which it. means they were smooth down there. Oh, I see. <laughs> Is it possible they were just trying to get rid of them? Just get them out of the country? Get uh, the, uh, the, the the children that they didn't want? 
I mean, there was only like four of them. I'm sure Russia had a lot more than they, just four. They still do. And do not adopt from Russia. Dude. They bait and switch. <laughs> and a part of the reason why they flipped out about this crash was because they were using German-held uh, hover technology. And they so they, they did take the debris that crashed and sent it to Fort... They, they sent it to... Where was it? The uh, right field. Uh, right field in order to uh, 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 re-engineer it because... Because we wanted right. to get that technology from them because I guess the people that we were paying on the Operation Paperclip Dole weren't giving that up yet either. Right. Reverse engineer, yeah. Now, and before we start taking the moral high ground here as Americans, know that Jacobson's source also claimed that the United States was doing the exact same thing. Which is how they knew that what the kids were. Yeah. When they saw the kids all deformed and shit, they sent, they, they picked these guys from EG&G, which was the, a, a group of engineers that were involved with the Manhattan Project as well. It's six guys, and they flew them out to Nevada, which is also Ooh. where the name Area 51 came from. It came from, this, was, this experiment was set up in 1951, and Area 51 got named for the year. And so they showed up to this area, and they gave him like a, a fucking memo that said, "Listen, what we're going to try and do, we're, we're going to re- reverse engineer these ships, and then you're also going to figure out what happened to these kids, and 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 how do we how do we pull, peel it back? Mm. And the reason why they knew that they were children is because the U.S. government was already doing the same shit. Right. Oh, I and, thought it was because it was a bunch of uh, fun drawings inside the plane. <laughs> <laughs> children love to write on walls. They really do. But then they mm. said they, they found two kids that were semi-conscious after the Uh-oh. after the uh, the crash." And they said they put them in cylinders of gel with um with ho- nose like air hooks up. Oh, like Independence nose. Day, like an Independence Day, or in li- like every alien thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That they were suspended in gel and looked after. And this is a part where it's it's just so it's crazier than alien. <laughs> and those children grew up to be our friend Holden McNeely, which is very and nice. Patrick Ewing. Oh, I love Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Great New York Nick. Now the majority of these experiments, which supposedly continued until 1973, were performed at the Dixon Institute for the Retarded in Illinois and the New Jersey State Colony for the Feeble-Minded, both now closed. I heard that they have some of the worst science classes in the country, but some of the best recesses <laughs> yeah, oh ever my God. reported. Now, all of this was done on the authority of the Atomic Energy Commission, who was the organization in charge of the post-war development of peaceful atomic science and technology. And the man behind it all was the head of the U.S. Office of Scientific Research and Development, a Mr. Vannevar Bush. Always there. Well, Vannevar Bush, not related to the president or Nazi Bushes. Vannevar oh. Bush. That's an incredible name. Isn't it, though? Wow. I'm going to name my child Vannevar. Vannevar Zabrowski. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Vannevar was a totally different Bush. Vannevar would go on to co-found what was what is now the fifth largest defense contractor in the world, Raytheon, Mm. which means, maybe not so coincidentally... Light from the gods. Wow, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a lofty name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, well, you should just, like mass murder uh, weapons. It should just be called like we build good things or like <laughs> yeah. oh good fun have have fun build things kill stuff. Speaking of kill stuff, that brings us to the Nazis. Well, actually, always I, there. I watched a special on Hitler's bunker. 
No, it's in great Berlin. Yeah. Very good. And the Nazis were attacked very aggressively. Absolutely. And Hitler did not think they were going to come to Berlin. And when they did, he said, what are you doing? <laughs> I got to tell you. I never thought they would attack Berlin. <laughs> that that bunker right now, that'd be like a $2,500 studio in New York. Oh, it's a beautiful <laughs> bunker. It's a parking lot now. Oh. No, it, well, it's still there, but yes. But yes, it's underground. It's yeah. under the parking lot. <laughs> now, supposedly, the Nazis were masters of UFO technology. UFO-like technology. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say, I mean... Pedantic piece of shit. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Hitler was a bad person. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Never it, been good. Yeah. But he did have a fascination with certain things that are kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, the supernatural, the macabre. Obviously, we did a whole episode on the Satanism aspects of uh, Nazism. Absolutely. Like the occult stuff. Hitler was, I mean... He was curious. A, curious. He was curious. He was and, you a know, curious fella. I just wish that most of the their jumps in science hadn't f- completely featured. Uh, basically, every jump they did in science featured at least one hook on the ship that would be for elongating a penis. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, and as far as the Nazis and UFOs go, and as far as the Nazis and advanced technology goes, CIA agent Gene Poti said with a fair amount of confidence Hitler invented stealth (laughs) is that your interpretation of a fair amount of confidence from G is that what Gene Poteet sounds like Hitler invented stealth there we go that's a fair amount of confidence that's a fair amount and Hitler used that technology to build his stealth bomber the Horton Ho 229 god it sounds like a special like huge prostitute yeah a huge (laughs) prostitute or just like five pounds of mashed potatoes here (laughs) the flying saucer wing of the Luftwaffe was reportedly called the Wunderwaffe. And naturally, when we snatched up all those Nazi scientists after World War II through Operation Paperclip, we got in on some of that sweet Wunderwaffe action. Can we start going back to calling them Nazis? (laughs) Yeah, Nazis. Nazis. Them or even Ratsies. Yeah, Ratsies. Yeah, get the Ratsies and the Ruskies. Get them out of here. Now, a 2014 documentary called UFOs in the Third Reich. It's a great watch, and d- it's a lot of fun. Fifth date material. <laughs> <laughs> that documentary claimed that the craft recovered at Roswell was actually a UFO designed by engineers Rudolf Schriever and Otto Habermal between 1941 and 1943. And the plans for this craft came over to America with the Nazis. We tried building it. Fucked it up mm. and crashed it in the desert in 1947. Now this and became the Roswell incident. Now this is where I just I want to say again the the layers of disinformation and the stories that have been built into Roswell are all completely insane. I wonder why some of them exist. Why did this officer, quote unquote, anonymously tell Annie Jacobson that this is what's happening at Area 51? That this is what happened, yeah. right? Like, why did that story come out of nowhere? Why did why did like I maybe. Maybe that is why they wanted it so to keep it so secret, but it's just so nuts. It's well, even more nuts than aliens. Well, the Russian one is nuts. The Nazi one kind of makes sense. But the Nazi one is also... The Nazi one is the most reasonable theory we put forth so far. But is the UFO technology even real? We don't see planes hovering now. It's 2016. Maybe Would it just we... didn't work very well. But it just seems like if they were zips out but all over the place in fucking discs that had zero point energy, whatever the fuck it's called, we'd have it. And it'd be places. Maybe it was uh, unsustainable. Maybe. Maybe. 
the airplane industry in conjunction with the automobile industry. I'm about industry. to leave. I'm about to leave. <laughs> no, it's true. No, no, maybe it's, it's, it's very possible that you know that fuel, this is an, a, a, a fuel company. Yeah, a free, clean energy right. source uh, would be hidden from us, or it could be the exact opposite that it is cost prohibitive. That it takes you know a ton of plutonium to make zero point energy, or it could be that the power sources were uh, from an unknown source, it's and we people. just <laughs> it's people. If it was people, we would have zero problem. Two, we would get rid of the homeless problem in a second. <laughs> oh, we yeah. just grind them up into UFO fuel. <laughs> yeah, or it could be you that should we talk about that on Fox News tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do grind it. up homeless people because they can be used for UFO technology. No, to fuel UFO technology. It's, it, it, that will please your base. Do it. Yeah. I'm do it, man! I guarantee I do it. <laughs> guarantee it. Then, of course, uh, if it's not the Nazis and it's not the Russians, of course, there's the possibility that it is God. Now, this is from oh. the Invisibles. You're excited about this. Well, I'm very excited about this. And I think Grant yeah. Morrison's The Invisibles, while it is uh, fiction, honestly, just as credible as any other thing, what? any other source that we use for alien episodes. Why is it never the Portuguese? They are having a great time. They don't need to be involved in any of this horseshit. They're literally yeah. eating topless. They have beautiful beaches. Right. The people are beautiful. Why the fuck would they get involved with this? It's like Morocco. Yeah, you never hear about point. this shit from Morocco <laughs> all right, because they're point. just having a great time. Yeah, right. the Portuguese had their time like hundreds of years ago. Okay. They did all the colonization, all the exploration. They literally invented slavery. Yeah. They did bad shit. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this theory, this Grant Morrison's theory, it says that what was captured in New Mexico in 1947 was, for all intents and purposes, God. Here is an abridged version from what I remember. The aforementioned Trinity atomic test in the New Mexico desert opened a hole in quote-unquote reality and when Robert Oppenheimer uttered the words, I am become death. Destroyer of worlds. He invoked the idiot god of nuclear war, which caused the creator <laughs> of their universe in the form of Magic Mirror to goop out into the New Mexico desert, where it was promptly scooped up and kept captive in, you guessed it, Dulce Underground Base. So it's either Doi Doi Russians or God? Yes. <laughs> and maybe... There's no difference between the two. <laughs> oh, okay. I had a I had a guidance counselor in high in high school that said how he knew that God was real was because a mentally challenged nephew of his made him a birthday cake once, and it was Ugh. like, and that misshapen cake was the was the real sign of love from the universe. That's the miracle. That's Is what he said. A cake? Yeah, he's missing chromosomes. <laughs> I see. He's a mistake. No, I think he's beautiful. beautiful. I think that's why he should be allowed to live. That's yeah. right. Or yeah. run a restaurant. That's right. And there is a great there's a great Down syndrome child who hugs a lot of people at a restaurant. He doesn't run the record. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't get yeah. into it. He doesn't look at the Quicken account. Admittedly, he probably does not make the schedule. No. For those that don't know, YouTube the story. It's a feel-good story about a person who loves to hug. Hugs everyone. And of course, if it's not Russians. If it's not Nazis, if it's not God, who else could it be? Uh, the devil. The devil. Oh. <laughs> it's always something. You know what? Don't blame the fucking devil. Don't blame the devil. Don't blame the devil. The devil's 
fine with you. Cool. The devil barely the... exists, and you're you're nothing. You are nothing. Why are you yelling at people? <laughs> I'm already mad. It would be so much cooler if it was the devil. Yeah, if it would. It would. Yeah, so it would be, be way more metal. And of course, he crashes the plane. He's getting blown by a butt, <laughs> like an eight-headed lizard yeah, demon fuck yeah, woman. Fuck yeah! Well, it wasn't the devil inside the plane. Oh, it was I the see. devil controlling the aircraft. Now, this information comes from the highly reputable Echoes of Enoch.com. Yeah, and it's a site that specializes in biblical research of the paranormal. Yeah, and the man who runs the site, Jim Wilhelms, actually moved himself and his wife to Roswell from Detroit in 2003 following, quote, a calling from the Lord to stand in the gap from one of the biggest lies to come against the faith in a personal God since before the flood. Also, Detroit is not doing well. No. No. Good city to get No, is the wife there voluntarily or is she a hostage? Right. Good question. (laughs) He even went so far as to open up a competing museum slash shop across the street from the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell, which he is not a fan of. Unbelievable. Although, if I remember correctly from my trip there last summer, it was no longer open for business. Weird, it wasn't a hit. (laughs) Strange. Now, despite having his own storefront, Wilhelm said his ideas are, quote, just plain ignored by colleagues on both the UFO and Christian sides. Nonetheless, Wilhelms has managed to find a passage in the Bible that he believes with all his heart is directly related to the Roswell incident. Again, this is an abridged version, Mm -hmm. but it is from Zechariah chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Then I turned and raised my eyes and saw there was a flying scroll, and he said to me, What do you see? So I answered, I see a flying scroll! (laughs) Then the angel who talked with me came out and said to me, Lift your eyes now and see what this is that goes forward. So I asked, what is it? And he said, It is the basket that is going forward. And he also said, This is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up, and this is a woman sitting inside the basket. Then he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her down into the basket. It's wickedness. And threw the lead cover over its mouth. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were two women coming with the wind in their wings. Wickedness! For they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. So I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they carrying the basket? And he said to me, You build a house for it in the land of Shinar. When it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base. I mean, it just sounds like they used to write down night terrors, and then it became the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) What what does all this mean, though? Nothing. How is is anybody religious? There's a woman in a basket. There's a woman in a basket. And somebody dropped a newspaper in front of a fan. (laughs) It's a balloon. It's a balloon. She's got stork wings. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So Wilhelms, he goes on for pages and pages on his extremely badly designed website. Seriously, this is one of the worst alien sites that I have ever seen. It's thick. It's th- no, it's thick. I'm also talking about it's got the the flashing stars <laughs> gif oh. background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, table of contents is a uh, red text on a yellow scale, like yellow yeah. like reptilian scales background. Impossible to read. This guy needs to get his shit together. But the breakdown of it is this, which I really like. This is the headline. 
The craft discovered at Roswell was actually sent by the devil to support panspermia, which is the theory that life on Earth originated in the stars rather than from God's own finger. Yes, and not only that. But the technology we recovered from Roswell is not actually helping us as a species, but is rather speeding us ever more quickly into the end times. From Revelations 9-1, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> and, the bottomless, and the bottomless pit, of course, refers not to the gaping maw of Hades, as one would imagine, but rather something else that tends to go hand-in-hand hand with aliens, occult knowledge. Which is basically cool. just knowing what runes are, knowing that <laughs> candles can help you, and how all of that can get you late. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I believe it. We, we should do an episode on Revelations. Oh, we will. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, have yeah. A, I have a wonderful book that I'm about to crack open. We are absolutely doing an I episode can't on wait. Revelations. Yeah, it's a yeah. great, great chapter. Oh, it's wonderful. Now, Wilhelm says that Roswell and its accompanying interest in aliens is one of the events that set off the occult bonfire that's been burning through our country and our world for decades now. And as the final word of proof, Wilhelm presented a single line from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 17. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. That's double bass. Spar, I gotta say, bro, I love your solo in in the bottomless pit of Maul, but I gotta say, can we cool it on some of the double bass? He's like, but I just got this double bass, man. Um, Roswell. Oh my goodness. I um, I'm. Something happened. Yeah. What it was. <laughs> right. You tell me. You, you tell, tell me. me. <laughs> yes. That's what people have been asking me for the last, you know, three weeks, a month. They're like, mm. so, uh, like so what's the next episode? Like, fucking Roswell, man. They're like, huh. So what do you think happened? Shut up. Like, and th- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You try. You try. It's literally been consuming my life yeah. the last two weeks. All well, I've been doing is reading and watching Roswell. Yeah. I think it's a balloon. You it, think it's a balloon? I think it's a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> Why the you hell know, not? You know, my thing is I don't think that it's balloon, but I think that it's like, it's, well... It's a balloon to somebody. It's, you know what I mean? What is a balloon exactly? I don't to, think let's it's, change yeah, it around. What's a balloon? If, it's not, if it's not a balloon to us, it's a balloon to them. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. If yeah, it's yeah. aliens, just probably being like, I wish we hadn't lost that taco truck on <laughs> in Roswell last week. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's all they could think. They don't know what it is. Yeah, right, right. But I also believe there is something, too. There's a book I'm reading right now. If you want to know everything there is to know about modern UFOs, uh, in one book, it's this book. And it's very interesting. It's If you are a person like me whose whole life has been marred and destroyed by your UFO knowledge, it's a lot of stuff that you already know. But it's it's very um, useful. And it puts it all in one place. But the one thing he kind of talks about is the nature of UFOs. It's very interesting. And the idea of them being either natural or, or handmade and whether or not that is mechanical or animal. And what we're looking at for, for UFOs UFOs, a lot of the times, that if they are interdimensional crafts, if they are something from another realm entirely, they can be something that we can never understand. Like, literally something like a natural machine. Like, a machine that is alive. That it's a UFO thing that literally... The UFO
UFOs themselves are alive and they can come through right. and there is another type of entity altogether. So yeah, maybe it crashed and maybe it had a fucking heart attack. Maybe the thing was alive and had, right. a fucking, it's, had a fucking brain aneurysm I and it died in the middle of a goddamn desert because there's well, a lot of old people well, fucking well, die. We've reached the, the max. Of, Henry, Henry, say, we're I, losing you. Henry, I come back. Get, Henry, put the book down just for a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> Psychedelic nature yes. to aliens. Yes. Difficult to put your finger on. I think for right now we have reached our limit I think of we alien have. conversation. Henry, we have to keep you alive. Oh, I'm bringing this book on the plane I'm about to go oh, don't, on. But don't start yelling. No, I'll tell them, being like, this plane's alive! <laughs> uh, what yeah. if the plane's alive? The plane might be alive. You're, I think you're going to get kicked off the flight. Terrorism is really a hot topic right now, so be careful, Like Henry. the store. Yes. Like, Just like the like the store. Let's go all go get chain wallets and a corn t shirt. Oh, I everyone. love a good At chain the wallet. ISIS store. You can't <laughs> steal a chain wallet. Uh, all right. Well go to the Facebook page, uh, the last podcast on the left Facebook page and let us know what you think about Roswell. Please do. And uh, of course this weekend, uh on Saturday, that would be the twenty sixth, uh Saturday, March twenty sixth, uh our live show, our monthly live show is happening right here at the Creek in the Cave. Uh actually every show here at the Creek is now uh every weekend show is now selling tickets. It's uh five dollars. You can buy tickets in advance. Last uh month we packed the place out, so be sure to get your tickets in advance because I'm pretty sure we're going to sell out on this. Go to creeklic.com yeah. uh, to get your tickets for this month's live show. March 26, 10 p.m., Creek in the Cave, Long Island City, Queens, New York, off the G Train and the 7. And even, so if it's so, even if it's sold out, we got a great bar here, so we'll be yeah. able to hang out and we always yeah, hang so out get, afterwards. Yeah, get fucking yeah. hammered and yep. start swinging at people. Yeah. Start yelling at people. Um, buy the book, UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, and sit and yell at people about it. Yeah, Perfect. and uh, we're also going to be showing the uh, the show downstairs. We got a little projector oh, and nice. a jumbotron downstairs. So even if you can't get in, you can still watch the show down there uh, for free. Uh, we're not going to be charging for the jumbotron. You won't be able to smell my beautiful cologne, though. No. Yeah, that's the problem. You want to be up in the theater, but yeah, it's yeah. a good secondary price. Yeah, yeah cannabis def- by Santal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, thank you everybody t- for uh, supporting us on Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash lastpodcast on the left. Every little bit counts. Every tiny little bit counts uh, so much. We've got, I'm in the middle of booking, I would say about five different out of town shows cool. uh, all shit. over the United States uh, here in the coming months. Uh, the overseas shows, it's coming soon. It's just sliding in. It's sliding in, so uh, just kind of keep here. We're going to be, thank you so much for because of your Patreon support, we're now able to come to cities near you all across the United States and hopefully soon uh, around the world. And if you just want a last podcast on the left t-shirt, go to cavecomedyradio.com slash merch and check out all of our other shows while you're there. Woo. That's right. Uh, CCR, thank you guys so much for listening uh, Listening to all the shows uh, Marcus and I do. we got a political show called Abling and Stop At. If you want to feel like you're getting drunk with your friends, listen to Roundtable of Gentlemen. If you want to listen to some good music that you never even knew existed, listen to uh, Lucky Bone Show. Lucky Bone Show. Mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. Thank and you. if you it's want really, to hear really Marcus talk about relationships with Henry's sister... Listen to <gasps> sex and other human activities. I love page seven. Actually, page seven it's not really related. It's more mental health. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's more if you got bad bra- if you got bad brains like I do. Uh huh. Come Write on, a bad email. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great. It's a. It's a really a page yep. seven is also fantastic. That's right. Show. Entertainment um, and watch my character special on yeah. Netflix, please, and, and, and berate Netflix for not giving me a television show already. Yeah. Even though they already they took a gigantic risk, one. and it technically is sort of a failure. 
It's not a failure. <laughs> no, Stop it's that. not. It says it's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, follow, uh, follow us on Instagram at yeah. LP on the left. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Dr. Fantasy if mm-hmm. you give a shit. Me on Instagram at Marcus Parks if you like seeing, you know, like witch titties. Yeah, I do. Who does it? As a matter of yeah. fact, I fucking do. I'm going to start following you on Instagram. I'm a Ben Kissel one, but I never use that. Find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks, and Henry is at Henry Loves You. Hail Satan and let him deliver you. Not a pizza because that's for fucking dorks. Mm, why? Pizza's <laughs> great. Dorks and a Halgeen. Hail yourselves. And make gustalations. One and all. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.